Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and encouragement to your life. For a list of messages, to stream live services, and for updates about events and more info, visit lifechurchroa.org. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Look at somebody and say, man, you look good today. Look at somebody else and say, you look pretty decent. Yeah, guys, if you didn't talk to your wife first, you're in trouble. Uh, hey, it's, gonna, it's been a great day already, amen? There's something about coming together in, uh, in worship. And, it, I mean, we talk about this all the time, right? Love God, love people, live life together. And this is what we've been focused on for the last few weeks, right? We've been talking about our core values as a church and, and how, that, how that should play out in our lives. And so the first one was that Jesus is our... Everybody remember, come on, y'all broke my heart. Come on. The word's priority. Jesus is our priority, right? He's not on the top of the list. He is the list, right? He's not just sitting on the top of your priority list. He's all the way through it from top to bottom. He's the pen you wrote the list with, the paper you wrote it on. Jesus is our priority. Then we said, second week, community is our Foundation, thank you. Some of y'all took notes. Man, I was kind of concerned there for just a second. Uh, Communities are foundation. What does that mean? It means that the deeper that we go with God and the wider that we go with people, the higher we can build what God's doing here in his kingdom, right? He's going to build it, not us. We just get to be a part of it. We just get the opportunity to be a part of it. But if that foundation is ever going to be, if the building's ever going to be bigger, and I'm not talking about the physical building, I'm talking about what God is doing in and through us as a church, then we're going to have to go deeper with him and wider with our world. Amen? Okay, I'm just, y'all going to have to wake up this morning because I'm going to need your help because we've got a couple of things we're going to do. I'm going to stop here with community as our foundation for a minute because... We have something coming up that I want to make sure to remind you about, but also we want to pray over. Now, if you're a guest here and you're like, my goodness, these people pray a lot. I like to talk to God. It's a fun thing to do, right? So we're going to keep doing it. So we have a box up here full of donated items. I had a moment where I didn't think I was going to be able to lift it because the lip was stuck under the pew. And I thought I was just weak, which is true, but I carried it up here. So I thought for sure, but somebody's added some stuff since I carried it up. I don't know who you are, but I turned around and I thought about the fishes and loaves, Jesus multiplying. Uh, And so, hey, so here's what I want to do. Communities are foundation. We have uh, an event coming up where... uh, Robin and Dean have planned this event. They've kind of taken and run with it where they're going to be feeding uh, people who are in need. They're also going to be providing uh, socks and gloves and coats and hats and everything in this box is going to be going to somebody to help keep them warm. You wouldn't know it based on Friday and Saturday, but we're in winter. Uh, and so, um, and we have a, a lot of homeless people in our area uh, who are cold. 
And so we wanted to take a second and pray over uh, these things while we're talking about communities, our foundation. So if you could, community, stretch your hands towards this box. We just want to say a quick prayer over this. You pray while I'm praying. Jesus, right now we pray that each one of these items is an indicator of your love. Each one of these items is an indicator of the priority that you are in our lives and that community is foundational to who you've created us, Life Church, to be. Father, right now we pray that every bit of warmth that's felt from these socks, these gloves, these hats, these coats, Lord God, would be as if you are wrapping your arms around that person. And Father, that they would feel and know your love. Bless those who've given. Bless those who are going to be doing on that day. And Jesus, I pray that you uh, use this, Father, to widen that foundation so that as you build your church, Lord, we're on that steady ground deep with you and far-reaching in our world. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Bless these items. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you would like more information about that event, please see Robin and Dean. Following service, they're sitting right back here in the corner. They're going to wave. So they're going to wave. That's Robin and Dean. Dean's going to point to Robin, but he waved, he waved first. Uh, all right. Hey, and then we said last week that... Our third core value is that invitation is our instinct. We have to continually invite people into the presence of Jesus. And we, we looked at a guy named Ananias who uh, God used to invite into the, the fold. A guy named Saul. And we're going to kind of continue on that theme today, talking about Saul as we look at our fourth core value which is transformation, if you're taking notes, transformation is our heart. Transformation is our heart. We've been unraveling this idea in the series that love God, love people, and live life together are not separate, but interconnected, interlocked values guiding our journey that require things of us, like what we just talked about, that we would keep Jesus our priority, community our foundation, invitation our instinct, and today transformation our heart it today kind of serves as a crucial aspect it allows us to navigate life's everyday intersections with without stagnation transformation means that we're constantly moving we're constantly changing we're constantly becoming what we are to become in Christ it means that I'm constantly looking at my life and saying, Holy Spirit, are there areas, are there gray spots, are there uh, blind spots that I can't see that I need to be transformed in? And that's hard to do, right? Don't raise your hand, but many of us just like to think we're okay, that everything's fine. I don't need to grow anymore. I don't need to learn anymore. I don't need to. And the reality is, is that we should never stop growing in Christ, right? There's going to be a day... That I want to be, I, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm working towards being just like him. You've heard me say this before. Conviction is a gift because anytime I'm convicted, it means that I can change something to become more like Christ. That's a hard thing to live by. Conviction is a gift because it means that I'm constantly having to look at the word transformation and the idea of transformation. It's got to be at the heart, at the core of who we are. Today, we're talking about personal transformation. And there's a, there's a resonance in personal transformation that doesn't come from anything else. 
Resonance is the quality and a sound of being deep and full and reverberating. Right? There's a couple spots in this room that if you stand and just yell, it just boom. All the way around the room. Now you might think you know what that spot is, but it's not here. Okay, there's a handful of them. And one day, if you ever want to find out, you can come in on a, on a weekday, okay? And, and as long as it's not nap time, because there's a classroom right there, and if it's nap time, I don't, want, I don't want to get yelled at. You can come in, and you can just stand in certain spots and yell. It's therapeutic, by the way. Ask me how I know. It's therapeutic. And it's almost as if those same yells answer you back and, 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 and just remind you that, it's going to be okay. I'm going to make it through. He's faithful. Amen? And so there, there are moments, places in this room where that sound just reverberates, just bounces. And if we take that illustration, we take that idea of resonance and we apply it to our lives as an illustration today for transformation, we've got to understand that transformation in my life, those transformations have a, rev- a, a, a resonance that's deep, full, and reverberating in my world. When I'm changed, my children are changed. My wife is changed. The people that I'm connected with are changed. My church is changed. My workplace is changed. When I allow God to do something in me, there's a resonance that just rings out. So as we're, as we're unpacking this today, it's, it, it has to be understood. None of this happens by accident, though. Transformation doesn't happen by accident. I tell you a secret. The reason I haven't lost any weight is because I haven't tried. Transformation doesn't happen by accident. Okay? It might be slow because I might have transformed from a little smaller to a little bigger, but it wasn't an accident. I like sugar. I like bread. I like potatoes. Okay? I like all the things you're not supposed to like. I want to transform. It's going to take some intention. It's going to take some time. It's going to take me actually working towards it. Transformation takes the same. If it's going to be our heart, then it's got to be something we're constantly looking for within ourselves within our families, within our workplaces, within our communities. We have to be looking for it. So today I want to explore this transformative power of God's grace that we're talking about, a power that can turn the ordinary into something extraordinary. Uh, And it, it has this resonant sound to it, a beautiful melody. I want to consider the melody of transformation today. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment what could be a very simple bowl. It's not quite big enough for a cereal bowl for me. Anybody like me and you like big cereal bowls? Yeah, come on. My family called them Jethro Bowls. I don't know why. It's just a big bowl, okay? It's the kind of bowl that you use for mixing stuff, but you pour a box of cereal in it, and you take the milk to the couch with you, okay? Because nobody likes soggy, soggy cereal, right? So we put a little bit of milk in, we eat, we put a little bit more, we eat, we put a little bit more, we eat, we put a little bit more, we eat. We've used about a half a gallon of milk for a box of cereal in the Jethro Bowl, okay? This is not a Jethro Bowl, but it is a bowl. 
Bowls can be used for a lot of things. We got a bowl for Christmas that sets on our mantle that has just some odds and ends inside of it. It can be used to, to eat cereal. It can be used to eat rice. It can be used to eat anything. Any, just about anything you can eat in a bowl, even if it's not supposed to be eaten in a bowl. Okay? I'll come around the corner every once in a while. My kids who couldn't find a plate because the dishes haven't been done in a few days have a bowl with pizza in it. That's fun. I, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I know y'all don't do that. I know you do the dishes every night before you go to bed and all that stuff. And there's going to be an altar call later that you can repent at. But in my house, every once in a while, they, got, they have to. And just like this bowl, kind of an ordinary bowl or a simple bowl, has an ordinary purpose. A lot like our roles and our routines in life. But what if with the, right, with the right vision, with the right skills and the right materials, this ordinary bowl could produce something extraordinary? I want you to listen. a singing bowl. Anybody ever heard of a singing bowl before? I love the singing bowl. This is my wife's singing bowl. I like it. It's kind of, it's kind of daunting up here because you're all staring at me. And you may think the illustrations are just kind of like just silly or, or you may think that they're, they're really simple. But when you get up here and they almost don't work, your heart falls to your toes Nathan almost ruined one of mine the other day. By play, but with Jenga, he just about got me, but the Lord has favor. We're going to try this one more time. Just listen. Ordinary bowl, right? But made with the right materials. The right understanding. And if you do it right, you can even get it going at different pitches. But I'm super nervous about doing it up here. I want that to kind of be the place that we are. This bowl can be used for a lot of things. But like this bowl, with the right vision, with the right skills and materials, our lives have the potential for beautiful Resonance through God's transformative power. By offering ourselves, Paul's going to tell us, by renewing our minds and reflecting God into our world, we can become part of a divine symphony that echoes the transformative work of God in our lives and creates a lasting impact in our world. Transformation, while it's very personal, has impact beyond me. Now, as we look at this and we explore transformation, I want to go to Scripture because I want to read. I'm going to read from a couple places today. The first one is this, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. We're going to read from the NLT today. It will be up on the screen. And, uh, if, and you can turn there yourself if you'd like to. It's up to you. 
In the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul provides a very compelling call to transformation. He urges us to offer ourselves as living sacrifices. And I don't know about you, but every time I read that, I kind of I flinch just a little bit. Right? The idea of being a living sacrifice... It's hard sometimes to sacrifice. It's hard to give up things. Yet, this is exactly what Paul's going to call us to because it's the first step in transformation. He urges us to offer ourselves as living sacrifices and emphasizes the importance of renewing our minds. And just as tuning is essential for producing a beautiful melody, the renewal of our minds is crucial when we start talking about that symphony of a transformed life and what that looks like. It's why the church can change the world. Because together we make this, with, together with God, together with each other, there's this harmony because we've allowed him to transform us. Here's what Paul writes. Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I want you to notice some things here about this. Paul says we are to give ourselves. Other versions say offer or present. The Message Bible puts it this way. I'm going to read it to you from the Message. Now, if you're like, if you, if you're like me, sometimes uh, you're like, well, Pastor, why do we read from different versions, different paraphrases, different things? I learn differently. In different, I learn things differently in different ways. I want to read what the Message says here in this same chapter, the same verses. So here's what I want you to do. God's help, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life. Your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Have you ever thought about your body getting the right rest as an offering to God? You ever thought about that? You getting the right level of rest for you, okay, is an offering to God because now he can use you. If I don't get enough rest, I get grumpy. Come on. Come, I, I, I do, I just get grumpy, and God can't use a grumpy Josh. I know y'all think we plan that stuff, but we don't. That was my wife, for those of you who don't know. She knows what's up. Take your everyday ordinary life, these everyday intersections, the things that you encounter every single day. You're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. 
Church, transformation is not a spectator sport. It's not something that we set back and let God do, let someone else walk through. It is something that every single one of us are called to walk through. It requires action. It requires you listening for the voice of God, acting when you hear the voice of God, moving in what he's already told you. Some of us are too busy asking the questions that scripture already answers for us to be transformed anymore. Transformation requires that we move. It requires that we act. This transformation begins by offering yourself. I want to read one other small portion of Scripture to you today. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. It gives us this beautiful description of reflecting uh, the Lord with unveiled faces. The Holy Spirit is this divine composer in this symphony. I hope you're seeing the theme here. We're, we're We're talking about you being something beautiful in your world. That people can't help but but, but look at your life and think, man, I want what they've got. But it means I can't look like the world. It means I can't be transformed into the world. I've got to be transformed into Christ. And so it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, "But but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom But we all with unveiled faces looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as from the Lord, the Spirit. What a prayer that we would would be transformed from glory to glory into His image. When we say transformation is our heart, this is, if, if you walk away with nothing else today, I want to make sure you hear this. For transformation to be our heart, we have to be transforming into his image. Not only do we have to be doing it, but it's what we want. For every person who walks through these doors, every person we encounter in our world, every person that we understand, invitation is our instinct. Community is our foundation. Jesus is our priority. When we think back through those, every person we encounter through those, requires us to be transformed. So first, we have to offer ourselves. Second, we have to allow Him to renew our minds. And third, we have to reflect God's image. Now, we're going to dive deeper in that in just a minute, but before we do, I want to invite Nick Morris to come. A few weeks ago, Nick texted me and said, hey, I'd like to give a testimony. I texted him back, and I was like, well, uh, let's talk. Because, not that I don't trust Nick or don't love Nick, but I I jealously guard the microphone because I say enough crazy things from up here. (laughs) And so we talked, and uh, it went so well with what we're talking about today that I asked him if he would hold off. I asked him if he would wait because it fits so well into this. So he's going to share with you briefly uh, a little bit of his testimony about what God's been doing, and then we'll come back and keep talking about transformation. Yeah, he didn't trust this Morris on the stage, I guess. No. Nah. Um, yeah, so like, like Josh was talking earlier, you know, about how as guys, especially, sometimes we, we think we can handle all of our battles ourselves. Um, you know, forever I've always, you know, been a believer. And sometimes, you know, over the years I've backed off and not always been a follower. So, you know, I sit here in the front of the sanctuary, feel that I'm not fulfilling my 
my life with what God has to offer me. So I, uh, you know, over time, it, it would just build up and build up and build up because I'm a guy, you know, I figured I could fight my battles by myself. You know, I'm here to tell you, it's a big burden of stress and relief when you actually just decide to give it all to God. You know, follow what God has the plan for you, not just try to fight your own battles. You don't have to do that. So me wanting to get up here is more to let you know that, hey, if you've got those struggles inside and you're fighting those battles by yourself, you don't have to. Surround, your, you know, surround yourself around people that will be encourage you, give your life to God, follow what God, put him as a priority in your life, day in and day out. You know? So you don't have to fight these battles alone. Just give it all to God and it will relieve so much stress and anxiety and burdens off your shoulders. Um, you know, best decision I ever made, uh, just give it away. You know, it's hard as a, it's a tough guy here not to, you know, just ask for help and give it away. <laughs> Had him on a timer. Just kidding. Kind of. I appreciate that. Listen, there is something about being vulnerable in transformation. It takes vulnerability to be transformed. It takes being able to look at yourself and say, I can't, I can't continue to be this way or I can't continue to walk through this this way. And that's why I wanted Nick to share because these everyday intersections that we encounter, these things that we're doing, this, this story, the, the connection of what Nick is talking about walking through as a guy, right? We all have those things. We all have those things where we don't want to be vulnerable with people. We don't want to change. Come on, you ever met somebody who doesn't want to change? They're like a kid who has their favorite pajamas on. And as soon as you start talking about change, they start stomping. I ain't taking no shower because that means I got to change clothes. I ain't getting out of my Spider-Man PJs. Are you crazy? It's the same thing. We resist these kinds of things, but they've got to be at the heart of who we are. We've got to allow God to continually challenge us with that level of change, with that kind of change. Right? It's, it's, it's a... We're, we're talking about symphony. We're talking about the resonance of sound. And there's this idea that when we have a transformed life, there's a crescendo. You know what a crescendo is? It means things are down here, but they're going to get louder and louder and louder. Last week, we talked about a guy named Saul who had a crescendo in his life because transformation was happening. It took somebody stepping in with invitation as their instinct. And now all of a sudden... We understand that Saul is going to go through transformation. He's going to be changed. Lives are going to be changed because of him. But he's got to walk through something first. He's got to walk through the transformation. Crescendo is when the volume of a song or piece of music is increasing, building up effect that adds intensity and emotion. Our lives can resonate with beauty, but it requires God's vision, skills, and materials. 
the transformation that Nick is talking about and, and walking through on his own, it only grows as he does. It starts with him, but the impact is felt in his marriage, in his relationships with his kids, in his workplace, in his friendships. It's felt by his pastor. And the crazy thing is that if it's connected to the transformations of others and increasingly it's, it gets louder and louder because it's impacting and influencing others, And it's causing that transformation to impact and influence others. Paul was able to write these words because there was a day that he was was on his way to Damascus and he he got knocked down a couple pegs. He was able to write these words about transformation because he was sitting at a house. He couldn't see where he was, didn't know what was going on, blind. And somebody walked in and laid a hand on him and called him brother and scales. Something like scales fell off his eyes, it says. We read that last week. There's a transformation happening inside of him. He no longer cared. Remember, he no longer cared about what the high priest gave him permission to do. He wanted to know what the high priest was telling him to do. Transformation. I'm talking about a change with inside of us. And I'm not talking about just one time. Over and over and over and over again. Until when the world looks at me, when my family looks at me, when I look in the mirror, I don't see me, I see Jesus. You can read the whole story about Paul's remarkable transformation starting in Acts 9. And we get to witness the crescendo of God's work in his life that went from discord to harmony. Saul was a fervent persecutor of Christians. He encountered the blinding light of Christ on the road to Damascus, and in an instant, God's vision intervened in Saul's life, redirecting his path and revealing the true melody God had composed him for. As we look at that transformation, we find parallels with with what we're talking about. Because Paul was the one who wrote it. The scriptures that we read today was a, was a, a result of the transformation that he's went through. And now he's turned around and he said, guys, I need you to do the same thing. I need you to offer yourselves to God. The world needs you to offer yourself. Give yourself to him completely. You need your mind to be renewed. There's nothing that I can say or add to this that's going to challenge us anymore. When was the last time you really just offered yourself to God? Took time to listen and say, okay, here I am. What do you want from me? When was the last time you challenged your thoughts? So what Paul's asking us to do, that crescendo in his life, he had three days sitting there blind, not knowing exactly what was going on, praying to, praying to a God that, truth be told, just a few hours before wanted nothing to do with. And yet, this moment of transformation comes, showcasing the power of God's vision. Being transformed 
requires movement. You can't simply just be. This bowl's potential is greater than a cereal bowl. Your potential, no matter your age, no matter your gender, no matter your social status, your financial status, your occupation, your past, your present, or your future, your potential is greater when transformation is your heart. When you start living with his vision for you, when you start allowing him to shape and mold you, you start allowing him to use his materials to do it. When we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, to act in our lives, when we allow the word to impact us, transformation becomes our heart. Now, with Saul's story resonating in our hearts, Siri thinks I'm talking to it. With that story kind of resonating with us, we kind of have to turn our attention to that grand finale when we talk about a symphony. This is what the crescendo was building to. It's always building to. When we start looking at this idea that our lives can be something so much more in the hands of the master. Can be, we can be molded and created into something that resonates with other people. Something that brings transformative power into other people's lives. We understand that God is moving us towards something. I wonder today if that crescendo has been building in some people's lives. We've spent weeks now focused in on these things. You've had opportunities to encounter every one of these core values in your lives. Have you taken them? Transformation requires that we do, that we become more than the plain old cereal bowl because the potential that we have in and through him is incredible. Maybe you're in the room and you're a mom. I challenge you today to embrace the call to offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Seek renewal in your mind. Allow God to tune your heart to his harmony. So that transformative power impacts your children, your spouse. If you're a dad, the same thing. That if you allow God to transform you, to change you, to challenge you, it's not going to happen today all on its own. I'm talking about something that takes time. I'm talking about something that when we get to, listen, it isn't easy just to strike this and have the right method to roll this thing around and make sound. It takes time, it takes effort, it takes energy. But it begins with accepting his transformation. 
If you're a child in this room, maybe you're, you're a student, maybe you're a kid, this sermon is meant to encourage you to see your life as a part of that melody. Look around the room. Every person here is a part of it. Every person here is a part of the symphony that he's creating, and each one of us has to be transformed and resonate that sound. That's what Paul's talking about. Offer yourselves and renew your mind. Worship team, you can come. Grandparents, you can embrace the role of wise composers in the family symphony. Share the stories of what God's done, how he's transformed, and how that power has shown up in your life. Becoming a living testament to his faithfulness. Maybe you've been saved for a long time. You can take that transformative power and use it as a reminder to continually renew your mind. To reflect on the ongoing process of transformation and how it's changed over the years. Maybe today you need to give your life to Christ. And this is a crescendo. This is a moment. You see, his transformative power never stops changing us. But today, if you're here, I want you to know this. Jesus died for you. And he wants to transform your life. He wants to be that thing that renews your mind. We look at Saul and this crescendo that happened in his life. It was building to something great and transformation always is. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes around the room? The first step of transformation is accepting Jesus as salvation. It's saying to him, I want to be shaped and molded like you. It's gaining an understanding that he died for you and me. After living a sinless life, so that he could be the sacrifice that we could never be. So, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, he wants to know you today. This is a crescendo in your life. This is a, a moment where things have been building to. And you heard the songs that we sang today. You heard the message of transformation. The transforming power of Jesus Christ is beyond that of anything. No matter your situation, no matter what you're facing, no matter what your finances are, no matter how bad things are, No matter how good they are, 
his transforming power. When we offer ourselves to him, allow him to renew our minds and begin to reflect him can change the world. This morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your savior, it's a free gift for you. He died on the cross for you, stepped out of heaven, made a way for you and I. Not because hell's so scary, not because of the fire, not because of that, but because the separation from God that will one day be eternal is awful. You and I have never lived a life that separated from God. So this morning, if you're here and you would say to me, you know what, I need to accept Jesus as my Savior. I need his transforming power in my life. Whether you're accepting Jesus for the first time or you just know you haven't been living that life. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to slip up your hand right now. I'm the only one with my eyes open. I got you. You can put it back down. Come on, anybody else? If you raised your hand or maybe you didn't and you should have, here's what I want you to do. In just a minute, we're gonna pray and I want you in your own words to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins In your own words, thank him for dying for you and raising again. It's that resurrection that makes us victorious that we sing about today. I know I haven't been living the life, but Lord, today I want to step into it. I want to walk how you would have me walk. Transform me. Renew my mind today. Lord, give me your thoughts your words. If you raised your hand in your own way here in just a minute, I want you to pray that. If you're saved, this is a moment of celebration. Somebody gave their life to the Lord today. Somebody rededicated their life to the Lord today. And so when we begin to pray, you ought to be thanking God. You ought to be praying also. Giving God glory. So come on, right there where you're at, all across the room, let's begin to pray. If you raised your hand, you, you pray to Jesus. You don't need my words. I gave you an idea, but you pray. While we pray, Jesus, today we come before you humbling ourselves. Lord, ready to accept your salvation. Father, those of us who've had it for years, Lord God, who have accepted it years ago, it doesn't hurt us to to step up and say, transform me. Lord, give me your salvation. Forgive me of my sins. Lord, thank you for dying for me, for raising again. And Father, today I commit my life to you. Lord, make transformation my heart. Let me always be seeking how you want to transform me. In your name we pray, amen. Now, 
I know it was a simple message, but sometimes it's the simple things that are the most challenging for us. If you're in the room and heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in the room and you would say, Pastor, I I hear what you're saying. And I want to ask, I want to ask God to speak to me about transformation. Are there areas in my life that need to be changed? Are there attitudes that need to be challenged? Is there some renewing that needs to happen in my mind? I want to invite his transformation in today. I want to be challenged by the words. I want to be challenged by the idea that I have to offer myself. If transformation is ever going to be our heart, we have to offer ourselves. If transformation is ever going to be our heart, can't just keep going the same way we are. We have to allow him to renew our minds so that we can reflect God's image. If you're in the room and you would say, Pastor, I just want to commit today to making transformation my heart and I want to start by simply offering myself to him. I want you to slip up your hand. Come on. If you're in the room, yep, keep it up for just a second. Keep it up for just a second. If that's you all across the room, hands are going up. It's a very simple message wrapped up in, 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 in really only scripture. Offer yourselves a living sacrifice, renew your mind, and then reflect the image of God. That's what transformation being at our heart means. It's a, it's, it's a resonating of those things in our lives. Father, you saw every hand, you know every heart in this place. And so Jesus, today we ask that you would transform us. Make transformation our hearts, Father, as we learn to be created new by you. As we learn to resonate your beautiful sound into our world. Father, let us be transformed. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I want you to think about the collective impact of our transformed lives within our church community. If we can carry that transformation out into the world, if we can make that beautiful sound that I'm talking about, our world can change. And so continually ask Him to transform us. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. Don't forget to visit us at LifeChurchROA on Instagram and Facebook for updates, service times, and ways to get involved. If you made a decision to follow Jesus today, we would love to partner with you on your next steps. Visit LifeChurchROA.org slash Jesus to learn more. 
We love you and we can't wait to see you soon.